Welcome to Get Down to College Business. We will identify strategies that could make the difference between keeping university doors open and closing them for good. I'm pulling in business experts and higher ed leaders to debate the merits of strategies that could save the future of higher ed. I'm your host, Sarah Holton, PhD. Let's get down to college business. How did we get to the point where college is unaffordable for many students? Is unaffordability the only reason we are seeing our enrollment trends decline? Or are there other less obvious reasons too? I'm here to explore what's behind the current crisis in higher ed, and I'm taking the perspective that operational excellence in higher ed is a chief remedy to restore affordability and public reputation. I'll present solutions that are being used in business circles as possible ways to achieve operational excellence in nonprofit higher ed. I'm also going to bring in higher ed leaders to help uncover the problems and hash out the viability of the solutions. If you're a college administrator, a faculty or staff member, a current or prospective student, or even a family member of a student, you may find that some of the ideas have merit. What are the strategic ideas that could make the difference? Not just for the schools themselves, but also for the students who absorb the costs of a degree. I'm both a champion and a student of operational excellence in higher ed. I hope you join me on this journey to find out how to make college affordable and accessible. Let's figure out together how to fortify the ivory tower. I'm Sarah Holton, PhD. I'm the president and founder of High Level Leadership, which is a thought engine dedicated to converting today's challenges in higher ed into opportunities. I've worked in higher ed for more than two decades, including a couple of senior leadership roles. And in my spare time, I co-own aggregate production and construction supporting businesses. So I have a foot in both worlds, right? Both academia and business. After I spend a couple days in my businesses and then return to my higher ed job, I experience a form of cognitive disconnect. Everything seems so different. The types of information that drives decision-making, the approval processes, the pace of decisions, and even the expectations themselves for performance. So this podcast is a bridge connecting what I do in my day job and what I do in my businesses. My hope is for us to find that sweet spot of overlap between successful business practices and quality nonprofit higher ed. So let's tackle the problem first. The U.S. holds nearly all the world's best universities, yet more and more colleges are closing for financial reasons. Even worse, the federal student loan debt is $1.7 trillion, trillion with a T, and it's growing every day. The public seems to have lost trust in higher ed. Students and their parents, they don't want to pay for the increasing costs of tuition anymore. So what gives? What do we need to change? And what can we do to help colleges find solutions to keep operating costs down and the doors open? So enrollment trends are a good place for us to start. The National Student Clearinghouse Research Center found that in fall of 2022, the enrollment declines continued for the fifth consecutive semester. Overall enrollment fell by 1.1%, and that 1.1% decline, however, is not as severe as the preceding two years, but it's still troubling. Four-year schools in the Midwest and Northeast were hit particularly hard. Enrollment just didn't bounce back post-COVID like we all hoped it would. But there's a bright spot. Selective four-year colleges fared well. They actually saw increases in enrollment. So that decline was not universal. And I think this is an important point for us because it highlights the value of a strong brand for universities. And this is actually a topic I'm going to explore more in, in the near future because there's lessons on what's working well, too, and how to develop a strong brand. 
Enrollment is down for most, and the demographic cliff is in sight. Enrollment is going to be a persistent problem. And add to that, college is becoming more unaffordable. Twin problems that will perpetuate each other. What does affordability mean when we apply it to the cost of a college degree? The National College Attainment Network developed an affordability formula. So you take the cost to attend, tuition plus fees, plus $300 for an emergency. That number must be lower than the amount granted by financial aid and the family contribution plus the student wages. Let me do the math and I'll give you an example. Say the total cost for our student, we'll call her Ashley, to attend college ABC. Say it's $20,000 a year. Add an emergency fund of $300 to that $20,000, and you have a total of $20,300. Then in the other side of the formula, we need to add up the financial aid amount. Say she gets $10,000, and say her family contributes another $3,000. And then she has some wages from her job, and she'll contribute $1,500. That second number equals $14,500. Well, we already know that the cost for her to attend is $20,300. So the difference between $20,300 and $14,500 is $5,800. That means for Ashley, her college of ABC College is unaffordable. Ashley is short by $5,800. Now, if Ashley wants to attend for four years, which is pretty common for many students, she'll be in the hole by $23,200 at the end of those four years. She's probably going to have to take out a private loan with interest to cover that $23,000 plus shortfall. You can see how the debt climbs up very fast. And this is a common theme even for Pell Grant recipients who are receiving federal money. The National College Attainment Network released a study in fall 2022, and they found that the unaffordability gap is growing even for Pell Grant students. Only 24% of public four-year colleges and two-year community colleges were considered affordable for the average Pell Grant student. So here's how that unaffordability gap hits students' wallets. The average Pell Grant student at a four-year college is short by $2,627 per year. So in today's dollars, that equals a shortfall of $10,508 if the student attends for four years. And at a community college, the student's going to be short by $907 per year and $1,814 for the two years. So even after the Pell Grant funds and the family contribution and the student wages are factored in, college is not affordable. And it's even more unaffordable than five years ago. The picture is worse for students of color. The Center for Responsible Lending issued a report November 1st that stated HBCU grads carry a greater debt burden the average debt of an HBCU grad is more than 19% higher than those at non-HBCUs. The price tag for them is more than $32,000. So this is a problem for students individually, right? We, we've established that. But it's also a problem for all of us. The problem of high college debt leads to bigger societal and economic problems. And when graduates leave college with high debt, they make very different life choices than without that debt. When they have debt, they don't buy a house, they don't get married, they don't have kids, they don't pay off their other debts, they don't build an emergency savings fund, they don't start a business. Essentially, they don't live the American dream. Like all of you, I have questions that keep me up at night. 
And the questions that keep me up are, what will happen if we do nothing to change higher ed? What will our society look like if people stop getting degrees? Well, that's the problem from the high-level view. So what's going on that caused this problem? So our historical ways of doing college just don't seem to be working anymore, as evidenced by declining enrollment at rates faster than the demographic cliff predicted. And for all of us in higher ed, we all seem slightly surprised that our enrollment has declined. We thought the demographic cliff wasn't here yet. So can we blame COVID? Uh, I don't think so. I think that COVID blame ship has sailed. I think there's more to our story on this. Let's face it, the students are the marketplace. They have told us they don't want what some of us are selling. Granted, the schools with strong brands are doing good work and their enrollment is increasing, so there are those bright spots. But for some of us, those who work at smaller, maybe less selective schools, we have our work cut out for us. We need to be responsive to the marketplace and we need to do it sooner rather than later. I'm going to roll up my sleeves on this podcast and we're going to brainstorm all kinds of solutions. Some are tried and true in business circles. Some are brand new, and some are the ideas of others that I'm going to bring in just for us. And so here are some of the pieces to the puzzle that we're going to tackle in future episodes. We're going to look at the perceived or very real public opinion that colleges are not adequately preparing grads for today's workforce. In other words, they're questioning the value of the degree. What's the direct connection of a degree to career outcomes? How do we solicit industry experts as content experts for curriculum? What are the industry expectations? Many existing academic programs are not producing graduates that satisfy employers, and so we'll look at that. We'll also look at how student policies and practices might create an unwelcoming climate, maybe a weak culture even, and that creates retention problems. Student demographics are shifting, the priorities are shifting, their expectations are shifting for being part of a higher ed community. We're also going to look at clumsy, dated processes and practices that lead to student aggravation and unnecessary time on task for employees. We're going to look at whether there's enough choices and content and delivery for students. How do they want to receive their education now? We're going to also look at the administrative bloat that we've been hearing so much about. And we're going to also look at whether we're measuring enough of the right things. Are we measuring student frustrations? Are we measuring career outcomes? And are we rewarding the right things? We're going to look at how campus facilities are used or not used. We're going to look at areas of waste and whether lean and sigma six tactics could be applied. The costs related to indirect labor that don't provide real ROI for the student experience in today's marketplace is another aspect that we're going to tackle. So those are just some of the challenges we're going to take on. We're also going to explore solutions too. And so we're going to bring in some tried and true, some brand new, and some will be the ideas of others. The board chair of AGB was recently quoted in the College of the Future Part 1 report as having said, quote, I have asked how a college education got so expensive, and how did we end up letting everybody have all this debt and not ensure that they could pay it off? I believe these are the problems higher ed created and higher ed must fix, end quote. I agree. Colleges themselves have an ethical imperative to find ways to make college reasonably affordable. To clarify, I am not suggesting that nonprofit colleges adopt a for-profit business model. But what are the lessons learned in business that could be applied to nonprofit colleges that strengthen their position while maintaining an independent educational experience? I think of that old expression that you kind of hear in circles, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Think about the baby as the independent educational experience and the bathwater as the ineffective operations and outdated modes of service. My goal is to figure out how to keep that baby and toss out the bathwater. What are the innovative ideas in higher ed that can make the difference, not just for the schools themselves, but more importantly, for the students who absorb the high costs of a degree? And how can we operate with the tax status of nonprofit while also becoming financially sustainable? Revenue for the sake of revenue is not my goal. There are no profit-seeking stakeholders in this model. Higher education is a noble public good of intellectual growth and excellence. Our society is best when its population is educated. But I believe there can be a balance between the noble goals of higher ed and the need for strong fiscal management. I believe colleges have an ethical imperative to make the college experience more affordable. Not free, but reasonably affordable. And to that end, what are the lessons learned from business leaders? When does it make sense to maintain a, quote, traditional, unquote, higher ed model? And when does it make sense to apply some of these modern business tactics that have worked for others? There's another side of the coin here, and that's how businesses are now hyper-focused on ESG and the social good of the public. It's not enough anymore for a company to make profits just as its singular goal. Now they must do so while not damaging the earth or creating an oppressive workplace culture or sacrificing their core values. Companies are increasing their efforts to improve societal outcomes that are in alignment with what we used to consider the domain of nonprofits. Take DEI initiatives, for example. Companies have figured out they are more profitable and retain employees at higher rates when diverse people are part of the decision-making. So I see for-profit businesses as taking a page out of the nonprofit organizational playbook. I could foresee a society in which for-profits and nonprofits are much closer in their goals and outcomes. They wouldn't and shouldn't mimic each other in some ways, but they can certainly overlap where it makes sense. So you can see we've got a lot to unpack in future episodes. On this podcast, I'm inviting leaders from retail, manufacturing, finance, hospitality, and other industries to share their insights on how nonprofits can reimagine their practices to achieve operational excellence and, in turn, reduce costs. I'll also talk to higher ed leaders to explore whether some of their ideas could work. And they are in the trenches every day. Could they work? My goal is not to have nonprofit colleges mimic the ways of for-profit, but rather to find that sweet spot, good business, and good education. So which strategies make sense and can help colleges move the needle toward a less expensive and more valuable education? During the next few episodes, I will be talking to a search consultant about the cost of an executive search, a CMO who will share her expertise on developing a strong brand, an engineer turned academic on ways to improve processes, a C-suite executive on key financial considerations for boards, and a student affairs leaders on a new cost model of student services. I invite you to stay with me for this journey. We will learn, we will laugh, and we will fortify the ivory tower. And in the meantime, check out my website at highlevelleadership.com and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Gilbert Holton, no hyphen, and Holton is spelled H-O-L-T-A-N. To support the cause of the affordable college experience, visit us at highlevelleadership.com. Read our blog and join our email list to get connected. Follow us and leave a positive review on your favorite podcast app. Let's get down to college business.